Welcome to Simple Faith with host Dale Carlson, bringing solid Christian answers to your questions and concerns. for Simple Faith on Life-Changing Radio. Here's host, Dale Carlson. Well, back, welcome today, back on a Saturday afternoon. I uh, hope you nice and warm, and uh, you can grab a cup of coffee or a cup of hot chocolate and join us today. We have a great guest today. Uh, she's been on before. And we're in a we're in a uh, she she has a ministry that we don't think of very often in Maine. It's uh it's it's something that we kind of put off to the side of our, our minds and and uh, we hope that uh, that it doesn't happen, but it is. Um, so uh, we're going to introduce Carrie Nason from St. Andrew's Home and uh, Courage Lives Ministries. Uh, she's out of Bangor, but uh, really takes care of this issue all through. Um, through the state of Maine, uh, human trafficking and sex trafficking. And uh, you might want to put our, our number down, 725-9224, in case you want to call us and, uh, and or text us at 576-5648. We'd love to hear from you today. So, Carrie, how are you today? I'm well. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back. And, uh, and uh, we can't wait to hear about this. Uh, what, what's going on here for the last year in your ministry? Yes, thank you. I, it's hard to believe how quickly time has flown since I, I last had the opportunity to join you. Uh, we were in a different place. We, yeah, we, we've yes. moved since then. Yeah. Yes, yes, and the studio's lovely. Yes. Yes, and so as Dale so kindly introduced me, I'm Carrie Nason. I'm the executive director of St. Andre Home, and our, our flagship program is Courage Lives, which serves survivors of human trafficking and exploitation. And along with that, we're also working with folks who have been impacted by things like sexual violence and domestic violence, because mm-hmm. we really look at these issues as a, as a bit on a continuum. They all interrelate, and sometimes folks don't, don't identify that uh, I, I've experienced human trafficking or I've been impacted by that, but maybe they more resonate with I've experienced domestic violence and think of their situation or experience as more oh. like domestic violence. And so for us, it doesn't really matter what someone calls it or what term terminology they're, they're comfortable with. What we care about is that folks have what they need mm-hmm. and, and that they're able to, to uh access safe resources and that they're able to come to a place where they're safe and that their basic needs are met that that's really what you know what what we're striving toward mm-hmm. and so this past year my goodness I've thought about this question I thought about it on the way here too of you know what are those highlights that that occurred this year um, we we still have our home where we're able to serve adult women survivors of trafficking, mm-hmm. where they're able to come in and stay with us for up to two years. Uh, and they work on goals while they're with us. We have a big focus on things like employment um, and education because we know that um, 
for for people to be able right to take care of themselves they have to have access to things like employment uh, and so we're we are um, very focused on that helping people to uh, have access to job training having access to things that help them with their stability uh, and then along with the home, we also provide outreach support services. And we're working with survivors all across the state, um, pretty much every region of Maine. And our focus through our outreach services is really helping survivors and their family members to, to meet their basic needs. So we have something called the Empowerment Pantry. And through the Empowerment Pantry... Mm-hmm. We uh, uh, have things like food, we have clothing, and it's not just for the person who might be experiencing uh, an issue, but it's also their loved ones. Because we know, right, like we all do whatever it is that we can to take care of our loved ones. And so that's Mm -hmm. not any different, you know, for for a survivor. Survivors care very much about their families. And so we we support that, that family. And then we're also doing a lot of training and education, things like this, where we get to come out and talk to great people around around what is trafficking and what does that look like in the great state of Maine. So, Carrie, how did you get involved in this? I mean, this is kind of a uh, kind of a uh, interesting place to end up uh, working. Why do you why do you care about this, and why why how did you get involved? Uh, my my first thought is how can I not care about this? I love that. <laughs> right? I, I love how, that. Right. It, this is this is what I I believe that I I'm supposed to be doing, and in the same way that I believe that we're all called to do this work. If we see someone in need, and we know that someone is hurt or being hurt. Right, we're called. We're we're supposed to do something about that. And then my my work and career uh, began. Um, well, I mean, I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. That you know that 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 that, that, that began before I even um, came to this great earth. Um, it's uh, uh, through my school. You know, going through college, I started to become involved around uh, uh, working with issues like sexual violence and domestic violence. And then through my first work outside of college, it's been one piece that's built upon another Mm -hmm. through addressing issues like this. Uh, And so my career has really been around uh, addressing things like interpersonal violence, trauma and substance use disorder and mental health and all of those things. And you put them all together and then. Here I am, fast forward, I know, dare I say, 25 years plus later, although we were saying how time flies, right? Time flies, like, my goodness, my goodness, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of time. And I've, I've been so fortunate and so blessed to be able to work with so many people who have been impacted by these things. Uh, and also, it's been, it's been marvelous to see so much growth and progress in our state, so much greater awareness. I mean, go back 25 years ago, and there wasn't a lot of discussion about human trafficking. Human trafficking certainly existed at that point sure. in time. Mm-hmm. Sure did, right? It's existed yeah. for, for, for a very long time in, in the world. But our understanding has grown. Mm-hmm. Our well, recognition and awareness has grown. Yeah, sure, because it's one of those things that people don't like to – like to see, uh, no. don't like to acknowledge that no. it really exists or is there, let alone talk about it. Right, right, because it's pretty egregious. It's an mm. egregious crime. So, so Carrie, what are the different types of sex trafficking? Uh, I know that's one word, but mm-hmm. there probably is, is various types of what that would be. 
Yes, yes. So uh, there are many different forms of trafficking. One is labor trafficking, and that's where someone is um, essentially forced or coerced or maybe brought into a job fraudulently, uh, and that person isn't paid fairly, may not be paid at all, may not be able to leave a job site or... You know, we've worked with some folks where the employer provided the housing, which is wonderful, right? Isn't that, that would be a a great bonus. But then what happened was that the employer essentially uh, was able to dictate when when those folks were able to leave that home. Uh, The employer provided a ride to and from the job site. And the... uh, the folks became very dependent upon what the employer wanted and what the employer needed. And then along with that, the employer kept uh, documents. I'll, I'll hold on to your ID for you. I'll hold on to your driver's mm-hmm. license for you. I'll hold on to your birth certificate so that we don't lose that. We need those documents. And then sure, uh, the folks were able to be paid for their work, but it wasn't. it, it didn't equal the amount of work. It was essentially working six days a week with one day off and a minimum of 12 to 14 hour days. Ooh. But the the folks we, we were working with, they weren't paid what they should have been paid for for their efforts. And so that's just one form of, of trafficking. And essentially for, um, for those individuals I'm referencing, they were stuck. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a way to leave. They didn't have access to transportation. They didn't have a way to contact anyone else to be able to to leave. They were there and felt that they had to do what was asked of them. Otherwise, they were going to lose their housing. And the employer provided their food, too. And so what do I do? How do I leave if I if my employer is holding all of my documents, if if my employer is controlling where I sleep at night? It, what are these ads? I mean, there must be ads or something that these women may answer uh, for employment. Sometimes. And, and is it like on Craigslist or? Sure, sometimes. Any of those places. Yeah, sometimes there's a bait and switch. Someone's looking for employment and they respond to an ad that they think is legitimate. And uh, from folks we've worked with, uh, sometimes the job is legitimate at first, but mm-hmm. then it switches, right? There's a bait and switch that the terms change, that the agreement of the work they thought they would be doing is different. And the more and uh, the more involved they become and the longer that they're there, the, the more that they get stuck and the quote-unquote employer really preys upon that. And then other types of trafficking you had asked about, um, you know, there's, there's commercial sex trafficking, which is essentially uh, forcing someone to engage in prostitution. Uh, and then the money is taken from that person. Lots of times um, victims have quotas that they have to make. Um, we have also seen folks be forced to traffic drugs and weapons uh, in Maine. I know sometimes we don't like to think about that. You know, we all live in Maine. You know, most of us live in Maine, right? Because we think this is a wonderful place to be. And that's a safe place to be. And it is, yeah. right? It is wonderful. And overall, in the right, right. It, it, and it is relatively safe. But then for folks who are caught up in things like this, it's not safe. Mm. It's not safe. And then there's also things like uh, like organ trafficking, 
we haven't we haven't worked with anyone who who has been trafficked for their organs um, but anecdotally we've you know we've heard stories and then we also work with folks who have experienced things like exploitation so it may legally not reach that level that it's uh, officially quote-unquote that's officially labor trafficking or it's officially commercial sex trafficking but folks are being exploited where Someone may need something. Let's say I need a safe place to sleep and, and someone's offering me a place. Advantage. Yes, and take advantage of the situation. And we've worked with a number of people who uh, fall into that category, so to speak, of, of exploitation. And we, we treat that very seriously and view it as exploitation may not necessarily be illegal, but it's not okay. Right. It is not okay. So how do you, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you. And my head's kind of going uh, uh, 90 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. How do you untangle all this? I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the folks that were, uh, were uh, working on the farm or whatever it was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it sounded like there was a, a several of them. How do you, how do you, what do you do with that, that mm-hmm. Carrie? Our approach is pretty straightforward. Uh, that we connect with folks or we have a referral that comes in and, and we just check in with people and, and, and find out, well, what is it that the person needs? Um, we recently were able to assist, um, I'll call it a multifamily, I'll call it multifamily, uh, that there were uh, several people who were, were together um, and they, they all needed help. Mm-hmm. Right, but it, like the, these things have uh, ripple effects. That that uh, trafficking doesn't just affect the one person who who might be being victimized. It affects everyone around that person, and so we we want to help people meet their needs. And so our approach, again, very straightforward, is that we connect with someone and uh, uh, start from the basics. Does the person have food? When's the last time that they ate? Do they have oh. clothing? Do you have warm clothing, right? It's it's a chilly it's a chilly day out today. Does the person have a coat and boots and a hat and mittens? Do they have or, or you know gloves? Because we know when people's basic needs aren't met, it makes them so vulnerable. Yeah. And what happens is that traffickers or folks who are exploiting others, well, they'll step in and meet those needs, or they'll make a promise to meet those needs. And, and so we know that if if someone is is fed. Mm-hmm. Right. If someone has warm clothing, if someone is able to get to a doctor's appointment or if they have the things that they need to take care of their children, right? it, it helps address those vulnerabilities and it helps them be safer. And so that's our that's our approach. We just want to help people have their needs be met and be safer. Don't you get a lot of pushbacks from the um, from the from the folks that are doing the trafficking? So that's an interesting question. Um we we don't experience a lot of that, but the folks we're serving absolutely because uh, traffickers, you know, that's their property. Right. Right. And uh-huh. so right that that that's the viewpoint. That's that's my property, and so we are very conscientious of safety and have you know have some safety protections in place uh, not only for us and our approach, uh, but we're constantly assessing safety with the folks we're working with. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So so as you begin to work with somebody, they begin to their trafficker might see that they're changing, they're a little less vulnerable, that they can't push them as hard as they were able to. Uh, sometimes, 
this can be kind of scary to the folks who are subjects of trafficking. Mm -hmm. Do they get threatened? Are they in actual physical danger? Some are, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to break that off right now because we've got to go to go to a break. Uh, I don't I don't I don't want to do this because this is fascinating. But uh, if you've got a question, you can call 725-9224 and I'm sure Carrie would love to answer any question you have and and uh, and also text us at uh, 576-5648 and we already have a text message and we'll get yes. right back to you here in a couple minutes and and we'll deal with that. So uh, uh, be right back. We're back uh, with Bob Bomier and Jim Barnes, uh, pastors Jim Barnes and Bob Bomier and uh, and Carrie Nason from uh, the St. Andrew Home and Courage Lives uh, Ministry um, out of Bangor. I, they're out of Bangor, but they cover the whole state of Maine, and we're talking today about sex trafficking and uh, human trafficking, and uh, um, uh, it's fascinating. So, uh, Bob, you have a uh, text message. All I was going to ask, Carrie, is uh, we have St. Andre Andre Holmes and Courageous Lives. How do they work together, and how were you involved in both of those? Sure. So St. Andre Home is the umbrella organization, and St. Andre Home was first opened in 1940, and that's through the work of the Good Shepherd Sisters. And the Good Shepherds... Uh, uh, mission really has been around serving women, children, and families who are vulnerable. And their ministries began in the 1800s in Canada, uh, serving women who are in the jails and women who are on the streets. And many of the women at, the, at that time, they were considered, I'm, I'm, I'm using my air quotes, they were considered to be prostitutes, right? The, the, um, the derelicts of society, so to speak. I'm also using that in quotes. And what the Good Shepherd Sisters did is that they ministered to these women because, mm -hmm. of course, we all have value. Everyone has has value, and everyone has an inherent meaning, and everyone has uh, is deserving of dignity and respect. And so that's what the sisters did. And so fast forward from the 1800s to here we are in 2023. I almost said 2024, my goodness. Jumping ahead with time flying. Let's not rush it. And, and the work and the ministry of the Good Shepherd Sisters still continues. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm just, I'm delighted to be a part of this process. And so what happened with, with um, St. Andre Home and the Good Shepherd Sisters is that right around... 2012 2013 i might be off a year or two uh, but there were some conversations that were happening throughout the state around what is being done and what needs to be done to help serve survivors of human trafficking and so the through saint andre home and the work that had existed since the 1800s of helping women and children particularly women children families who had vulnerabilities it was a very natural fit to be able to to uh, expand this work and so in 2015 we opened uh, the courage lives home uh, and had our first residents come in and then here we are again you know 2023 of of serving women through that uh, through the home and then our work has grown it has just naturally developed uh, and grown uh, particularly through our outreach work and so a lot of our focus not only is on the home but also through our outreach work so last year 
we served 298 people in the state of Maine who had been impacted by trafficking, exploitation. How many was that? 298 people. 298? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Yes. And then another number I love just to share is that we served 98 people at Christmas time this past year. And, and that was, wasn't that wonderful? And, and that was through the help and support of so many uh, churches and church families across the state. And so we're, we're oh. just so thankful uh, um, for the generosity that, that the church has had, uh, you know, to, to help meet needs and to help meet families' needs. So uh, you're connected with churches Mm-hmm. Is any particular denominations or all denominations? Okay, mm-hmm. all denominations. Yes. yes. Is and this is the source of assistance to your support for your ministry and people. Uh, for uh, yes, in many different ways. Yes, we we are connected with churches across the state, and there's some wonderful church families that we're able to, you know, we have an ongoing relationship uh-huh. with, which has just been beautiful. And we've been able to work with a number of the people we serve um, uh, to also be connected with with church families. Uh, um, it, it's been nice. Yes. What are the red flags? Uh, if you know, I, I'm sure there's people out there that uh, that we go by every day that, uh, that yes. are are, are uh, being affected by this, uh, either either uh, primarily or secondarily. Mm-hmm. What are the red flags that uh, we should be looking for mm-hmm. uh, in? I love this question because trafficking and exploitation, it's once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right. Y- you you cannot unsee it. Um, some red flags, a big one, uh, a big one for us is that when someone has kind of fallen off the radar screen mm. and we're not talking about, oh, I went to Disney for the week, you know, I went on right. a wonderful vacation and I, I was off social media that whole time and I took a vacation. It's not about that. It's, uh, it's that someone, they just seem to disappear or the story of where they've been or what they've been doing doesn't match up with what you're seeing. Something's not quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone has physical injuries that that haven't been taken care of and it doesn't quite make sense, the pieces don't mm-hmm. connect why that person might have injuries or how the injuries occurred. If someone is struggling um, with with emotional well-being, if with their mental health, if someone is struggling with substances, now that doesn't mean automatically trafficking. That's not what I'm saying. But when you put all of these pieces together, something's not quite right. If it seems like there's someone involved who is, quote unquote, calling the shots and it doesn't, again, it doesn't quite add up. Um, We recently worked with, uh, we worked with someone who, uh, this was very prevalent for this, for this individual, that there was someone very much on scene who was calling the shots and made the decisions around who who could this person talk to, who could this person not talk to, where could they go to get help, where could they not go, when could they go there. And so we knew that this was a safety concern, right? And, and so we're, we're just very sensitive to that. So what did you do in this in these cases? I mean, how do you how do you approach this person that's mm-hmm. uh, that's being uh, exploited or trafficked uh, and and you know, are, do you, are you connected with the legal system uh, so that that uh, that you can uh, have somebody kind of move the trafficker in another direction or change change their uh, focus a little bit? So trafficking 
often is very complicated and very involved. Mm-hmm. And we we keep that at the, you know, safety. We keep that safety piece at the forefront of our minds at all safety times. Safety for you and for the yes. person. People yes, that are being trafficked. absolutely. And so for this other person uh, that I, you know, that the example I'm sharing, we were just very mindful about how did we, how did we um, share information with her? Mm-hmm. You know, we very much just left it up to her, to, to that person to decide what did she want to tell us? How did she want to tell us that? And, and just really, you know, let her take the lead on, on whatever it was that, you know, that she felt comfortable telling us that she, that she needed. And that's, we took her lead. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We listen to the people that we're serving and supporting. And sure, would it be great to know that, uh, you know, that person is no longer in that situation and the, the police could swoop on in and break everything? I, I, and, yeah. you know, uh-huh. those those superhero types of, uh, of, of uh, like scenarios. Yeah, right. Those, yeah. Are, those are great to kind of play out in our minds, but that's not the reality of what happens. Mm-hmm. And we would never want to do something that would put someone in further harm. And mm-hmm. so we, we very much take the lead of the person um, we're connecting with. We uh, interviewed uh, a group out of uh, Bath, Maine, that also works yes. in that. Mm-hmm. And, and the one thing, in the, in, there was a day when you could get down on the street corner and see these people walk in the streets yes. and approach them. But I guess today things have changed, haven't they? Yes, we've seen a lot of uh, we've seen a lot of trafficking move online. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, right? The, oh, wow. It's something that's happened. A lot of us, right? We text. Mm-hmm, we 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 go on websites. We do social media, and so there's so much connection that happens online. Uh, uh, and lots of times, when when people are brought into trafficking, they're recruited through someone. They know whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend. Sometimes it's a it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. Uh, lots of times, people know their traffickers, and and there is still um, there is still street trafficking. You know, there there that still is there. Um, but I would agree with that. I'm not seeing that as much as I was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in, and for our referrals we're receiving, uh, a lot of folks are uh, getting connected with other people, uh, either online or through people they know online. Uh, that's what we're, that's what we're seeing. So you say referrals, uh, somebody calls you. I, I'm just sitting here thinking mm-hmm. as you're talking, you know, I've been around for a lot of years mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and I haven't. You know, I, I don't run into this in my normal course of my days. I so bet you do, though. Well, I, I bet I do, too. But <laughs> recognizing it mm-hmm. uh, to the extent that you could actually reach out and help somebody, that's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's you know, it seems like people know who you are and they, they call mm-hmm. you. Uh, the, the one who's being trafficked calls you or somebody that knows somebody that's being trafficked calls you. And how does that, how does that all work? So we receive a lot of referrals. Um, through places like law enforcement, uh, the oh, okay. jails, um, agencies, churches, uh, traffickers have their victims do their dirty work. That mm-hmm. that's part of trafficking. Uh, trafficking essentially is someone profiting off of the life of another human being. Mm-hmm. That that's what it boils down to. And so wherever there's an opportunity to make money um, off of a human life, then that's that's trafficking. And so. When someone is being trafficked, lots of times they don't have 
the ability or the option. Sometimes they don't even know um, just how deep they're into what's happening to right. them. Sometimes people don't recognize that what's going on to them is trafficking. They view it as, well, that's my employer or that's my boyfriend. My I, And I love my boyfriend and my boyfriend wouldn't do that to me. Uh, and, and so we receive referrals lots of times from kind of third parties, mm-hmm. other other. Um, entities like agencies, organizations that people have gotten connected with. Maybe the person has been picked up by law enforcement. Um, Maybe they went into a doctor's appointment and their doctor is really concerned about them and we would get a referral that way. Sometimes we hear from families too. Uh, When I mentioned, right, someone is on the radar screen, off the radar screen, or maybe someone has been away from their family for a while and then comes back to their family. They were able to to find their way back to them. Sometimes we'll get referrals from families that way. And sometimes we hear from people themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone, you know, has access to those things that we that we take for granted of of a phone or transportation, right? Um, we do a lot of work with with folks in rural communities and uh, I come from a rural community and being able to have um, cell service in some parts of our great state of Maine, it, it's not there. Or, or to think about transportation, if I'm, if I'm in a rural area, there's, there's no bus. There's, there's no bus system, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so it means that the, the odds are stacked against someone a little bit differently than if they, uh, if they are somewhere where there is greater access to things like that. But now I'm thinking one of the things – would one of the things that one of us could recognize mm-hmm. that would be a, a an indicator, something to pursue or follow up on? For example, I'm thinking of because uh, somebody who's involved in tra- trafficking, who gets involved in trafficking, their daily pattern of living is going to change. So, for example, if you have somebody that you're used to seeing in church, Mm-hmm. On Sunday mornings, and you know, saying hello to and chatting with and all, and all of a sudden they're not showing up. Mm-hmm. Or somebody that you're used to seeing in a local coffee shop where you go for lunch, and just familiar with, and all of a sudden you're not seeing them there anymore. Would those be the kind of signs to follow up on? <laughs> and if I saw something like that, how, just as an ordinary person out mm-hmm. there, how would I, how would I follow up? So if there's someone you know and you're concerned about them, and let's say you you know that you see the person in in church the next Sunday, well check in with them. Hey, I noticed I noticed you haven't been here. How are you? I, I've been mm. thinking of you. Okay. The likelihood that they suddenly go in and divulge here's all this horrible stuff that's been happening in my life. If if that's what's happening for them, they may not do that. But what that person will know is that you notice them and that you care. They know that you care. And I can't stress enough how important that is because trafficking victims and trafficking survivors are so isolated. That's part of trafficking that that they feel that, you know, Mm. there isn't anyone who cares about me because that's all been removed. My support system has been removed. And so Mm -hmm. that just the value of that is significant. So the formal training, the formal training is that if we see something going on, you know, right in front of our eyes, we're not supposed to intervene in that moment because we can make it dangerous for that individual and make it dangerous for ourselves. And that would be reaching out to, you know, if you see a crime occurring right in front of you, that would be reporting it to law enforcement. There's also a, a national human trafficking hotline that folks can 
can make reports to. Oh. Uh, and so we've received referrals through the National Human Trafficking Hotline too uh, um, for for a number of situations over the years, which has been which no, has been helpful. With the internet, mm-hmm. should parents be concerned with their teenagers? And they're working on the internet. Aren't there predators out there? Yes. That will feed off of the immaturity of a child? Yes. Um, online safety. Oh, my goodness. As, as soon as your kids are, are going online, uh, which is younger and younger and younger, yeah. it, it, it's just, it's crucial. It's crucial for parents and for grandparents and guardians and loved ones to really be having those conversations with kids about online safety. You know, knowing what sites kids are accessing. Um, sometimes people have asked, oh, well, what are the bad sites? What are the quote unquote trafficking sites that, that I should tell my kids not to check out? And they said, well, do they have an Instagram account? Because I've seen trafficking there. Do they have a Facebook account? I've seen trafficking there. Do they play games online? Yeah. Oh. Because there are chat features and, and any essentially it's something that can happen for any of us and it's just being mindful and being aware um we we've worked with families where um that's how their 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 kids connected and met someone online they had an online quote-unquote you know boyfriend or girlfriend a a quote-unquote long-distance relationship where um that's where they met their trafficker we have a um a text here Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it, it says to ask Carrie. I'm glad she asked me, not me. I, <laughs> uh, how do you think we can make our community more aware of trafficking and exploitation? Ooh, great question. I love this. One is that if you're listening to this show, you're part of it. You're doing it, right? You're expanding your knowledge, mm-hmm. expanding your awareness. And then once you hear the information, you continue the conversation because it's really important that you bring it up, right? You go to you go to coffee with someone, or or oh. you you know you see someone at church and you say, "Hey, I heard this radio show, and and I started thinking about it, and I just wanted to share this. I wanted to talk with you about it." You can invite uh, invite us, invite our team to come in, and we we will come to your church. We'll come to your prayer group. We'll come to your Bible study. We'll come to the women's ministry group. Um, we'll even come to the the men's your ministry group. I don't want to discriminate. Absolutely, we'll come talk to anyone uh, about um, about our work, about our ministry, and to to talk about human trafficking. Um, something that I do personally is that. Um, I, I try to be very mindful of, of what's going on around me, mm-hmm. what's happening with, with the people I know and love oh, and care man. about, and just letting people know that, you know, no, I don't have all of the answers, but I care. Mm-hmm. I absolutely care. And if there's something that you need or, or if there's something going on, like, just know that I care and I'll, and I'll do my best. I'll do my best to help. Oh, that's, a, that's such a big thing. And and such a thing that we're we're often not too good at is letting people mm-hmm. know we care about yes. them. That's a good place to break for our next uh, break. It all <laughs> it always happens when you're talking, Jim. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna break now. Seven two five nine two two four. You can call in or uh, text us at five seven six fifty six forty eight. Fascinating conversation. It's uh, to have somebody like Carrie in our community. That uh, that's leading the 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 information 
warfare on this, I guess if you want to call it that, and I'm not sure that's the right word, but but to be in, uh, to be educating us on this uh, because it is a problem. I'm just so grateful to have you, uh, Carrie. So we're going to be back in just a couple minutes, and uh, uh, you might want to get a pen and paper so that you can uh, connect with Carrie uh, at the end of our program. Yes. Uh, she'll be leaving uh, uh, her, 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 the, her information with us. So uh, we'll be right back. Talk to you in a bit. Welcome back uh, to Simple Faith. We're here with uh, Carrie Nason from St. Andrew's Homes and Courage Lives up in Bangor, um, but she works all over the state of Maine, and we're so happy to have her today. And you know, when we sit here during those breaks, uh, we don't even listen to the commercials. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, WBCI, but we're, we're, we're so excited about talking about what go, what's going on here that, uh, that, that it just never stops. And so, uh, Jim, you had a question that I, 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 I think as we were just leaving the air. Well, because you, you, ta- you, you were talking about uh, letting people know that you care about them, that one of mm-hmm. the problems with, with victims of trafficking is they're isolated. Yes. They're cut off from other folks. And uh, their habits and patterns of behavior will tend to change. How do you, and the, this business, because you, that seems to be your motivating force is to, to care about individual people not the the crime so much as the person the victim that and you want to let somebody know that you care somebody who's who who may be struggling Mm -hmm. you want to let them know that you care about them but you don't want to be butting into their personal business Mm -hmm. how do you draw the line between those two Mm -hmm. Sometimes we are so afraid of offending someone. Yes, yes. Yes, we're so afraid of that. Uh, and, and of course, you know, we don't want to be the, the, the bull in the china shop, so to speak. Uh, but I don't see anything wrong with, with connecting with the people in our lives to say, hey, how are you? I missed you. I missed you. <laughs> I noticed you haven't, you haven't been here lately. You haven't quite been yourself. Because what it does is that it communicates that to the person that someone saw me. Mm-hmm. Someone saw me. I mattered. Yeah. I mattered. May that change the you know change things in the moment? Probably not. But the reality, you know, the reality is that that's that's planting a seed, mm. right? Someone cares about me. Someone noticed me. Oh, oh, oh! That's so important. Carrie, I, I was going to ask a question here. Um, say you do from the national group you get mm-hmm. a um uh you you get a, a referral or or from somebody in the community or the law enforcement i mean do you have to make a cold call uh to this individual uh how do you connect and and it mm-hmm. must seem kind of uh i'd have to take a deep breath but so we we typically don't do uh, uh, cold calls per se because I oh my goodness can you imagine that phone call ring ring <laughs> hi you know are are you being human trafficked what a horrible <laughs> right that's that's not quite how it goes yeah. um, that would be awful um, but we would get a referral uh, you know from typically from someone or sometimes mm-hmm. it's from a family member or, or from the person themselves and, and we really just start that that conversation of hi I'm Carrie mm-hmm. 
how are you today? Mm-hmm. How, you know, so tell me a little bit around, you know, what are you looking for? What's, you know, we, we don't want to, you know, we tend to not delve into, a, into details immediately because that's super overwhelming mm, right. and then yeah. for, and painful. And lots of times it's, it, people don't even know where to begin because they have mm. just experienced so much, so much. Um, but it's just being human, right? It's just connecting. Connection is really at the basis of our work. I've got a, I've got a, I can imagine that there's all kinds of almost PTSD stuff yes. and, and, uh, and all kinds of, uh, yes, confusion about what relationships are all about and, yes. and uh, that, that comes as a result of this. And, uh, it just, it seems almost, you know, it just, God bless you. I, you know, uh, we need you. Oh, you know, thank I, you. I, I like I like what you said uh, at the beginning of the program. You, you said uh, something like, "How could I help not be involved?" Mm-hmm. And uh, as people are listening today, uh, how can we not help being involved? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think that's that's what Jesus called us to do. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, He did this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I, I would encourage folks to, to check us out online. Great place to start, uh, yeah. couragelivesme.org. Uh, great place to get information. Uh, we also are on social media, and so check us out on, on uh, Facebook. We, we have a page and followers, and feel free to like us and tag us on all of those good things. Um, a number of people have checked out our wish list and want to contribute to the Empowerment Pantry, which helps uh, survivors and their family members, again, have things like food, uh, clothing, toiletries, um, cleaning products. We also have baby items, which are so important, and pet items. Um, I can't tell you the number of times we've we've gotten requests for, for help with pets because right, our, our pets, we, we view that as part of someone's family. That's part of their support. Um, there are also other times that we have a need for special skills, and that need varies depending upon whom we're connected with and working mm-hmm. with at the time. Um, but if you have a skill that you would like to share, feel free to connect with us and Give reach us out to us. Give some examples of those skills. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Accounting. Okay. Oh. Need, this is tax season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, lots of times uh, survivors have experienced financial fraud and having access to good accounting services to help them figure out their taxes. Yeah, I would have never oh. thought of that oh. uh, as part of what we're talking about. Yes. But, uh, but uh, yes, yeah. that would be that would be a, a great example. Um, wow. If you have knowledge or expertise that you're comfortable sharing, and, and you just never know, and it doesn't mean there's always a need. For instance, with with I, accounting is the first thing that came to mind, but it could be any type of skill. You know, I think it's so. Uh, you know, it's it's one thing to give your money; it's another thing to actually get in there and and uh, roll your sleeves up and and uh, and mm-hmm. get involved in some way. Are there ways that people can do that, or is this pretty specialized in 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 how how mm-hmm. you have to deal with these issues? You know, yes. Can can people can people adopt these? these folks as friends i mean is that is that something that they can do or or is that not not wise so we have had some situations of where uh churches and some families have um i think i don't know if adopt uh, i don't quite know I, what the yeah. no no it's I'm, okay. just, I'm just doing <laughs> yeah. for words i i'm ignorant um quote unquote i guess i adopted someone or adopted the program um you know, there's someone we uh, who just came to mind we work with who is connected uh, with the, with a faith community, and she sends us care packages. 
Um, every, you know, so often we get a care package in the mail and she sends items um, for the women at the house as well as uh, women and their children in the community uh, just as a way, right? That is her way that, that she has um, felt called to give and it's been beautiful mm-hmm. and it's um I mean, it's totally a God thing because the package comes and it's the exact things that are needed in that moment. Isn't it's it, just it's so, so cool. Yeah, it so is so cool. It's to have that it's, work that way, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. yes, I love it. We don't have any expectation at all that someone has the training and background and the letters or numbers after their names to come in, you know, and to, to sit with someone through their trauma. That That's not um, what that's not what we're looking for. We've got oh. some great staff and great team members uh, who, who do some great work around that. Um, but yes, having that connection, yeah. having, having safe people who, who uh, care, my goodness. Um, Valentine's Day was, was uh, just happened and there were some folks who sent oh. Valentine's Day cards, just happy, positive messages of celebration and care to send to the women at the house. It was beautiful. What a beautiful way just to Mm -hmm. pass on some love. It Mm -hmm. was so nice. It was so nice. So it could be small things like that, right? Sending a nice card um, all the way up to... um, my goodness, yes, of course, we're always looking for financial, you know, donations mm-hmm. and contributions mm-hmm. too and anything in, in between. That website that you mentioned, mm-hmm. that's couragelivesme.com? Dot org. Dot org. Mm-hmm. Couragelivesme, for Maine. Yes. Dot org. Dot org, yes. Okay, okay. Is there a phone number? Yes. Our office number is 207-282-3351. Okay. And, uh, and, and what, what else can we do is, uh, you know, <laughs> I want to quit my job and, <laughs> and, and be involved, uh, in, in all these ministries that come mm-hmm, here. It's just mm-hmm. so exciting. And, and, uh, Again, you know, it, it, there's a common thing that happens with, with, with the folks we, uh, we interview is you can just see the joy and the, the, uh, the, the motivation mm-hmm. that comes from the heart, that comes from the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and to hear you tell about uh, things arriving just at the right time, I've seen that happen. Oh, yes. And Jim has too, and yes. so has Bob. Yeah. Yes. But you don't see that. Unless you get involved, you mm-hmm. want to see the power of God. You gotta, you gotta do something. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> invest something. You've gotta, you gotta put your life on the line a little bit, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and it happens. But uh, so you've got a, just a few minutes left here, Carrie. Uh, what, what do you want to, what do you want to say to folks? Oh goodness. The pressure is on. Oh, <laughs> well, how can you, you? You talked about people coming to the uh, uh, you, you coming to church groups or uh, or civic groups and yes. and, uh, and how would they how would they make those arrangements and uh, and what is what does your calendar look like? I mean, you, you do this a lot, or is it uh, yes. is there a big big um, uh, call for this kind of thing? Yes, we we are happy to come speak with any group and. Um, you know, I, I just connected with uh, a local Rotary Club, 
And how they got involved or heard about us was that there was an announcement that was through the church bulletin, which uh-huh. is wonderful. I mean, oh. I just love when those connections are, are made. We're happy to come and to talk with folks for any time frame. We, we can chat for like 20 minutes. Um, it's going to be a really quick chat, but 20 minutes, we will do it. All the way up to uh, we've done several hours long uh, of what, training. This, this hour that mm-hmm. we've spent here seems like 20 minutes it's to me or less. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, and we also connect and partner with with other organizations too. You know, we work with um, some of the sexual assault agencies and domestic violence agencies across the mm. state who who are doing great work. Uh, we work with other organizations. You know, you mentioned earlier the Crowns Program yep, through Salvation right Army and Bath. Bath. Yeah, yeah. Um, we work with Just Love Worldwide, Preble Street. I mean, there's just so many different mm. groups who are doing um, anti-trafficking work as well as beyond uh, because. You know, again, our goal is that we really want people to have access to the helpful resources. Right. Mm-hmm. As, as well as Mary Rose with uh, LifeHouse.org. Oh, She's yes. going to be on next week, her and her mm-hmm. board of directors, to talk about some very exciting news. Don't miss that uh, program next Saturday at 3 o'clock. If you want to uh, hear about God working, and that's yeah. that's uh, to me, that's so exciting, and it's so exciting mm-hmm. to be here with people that are actually experiencing that in their in their lives. And, and uh, okay, I, I, a quick question that occurs to me: if I'm if I'm I'm a member of a church, an active member of a church, and I know somebody, I can get a item put into the church bulletin. Can sure. can I call you and say what should I? What what should I say? Sure. Could, would you be able to help somebody with absolutely what to stick into a short bulletin announcement yes. in the church? Yes, that would be great. We wel- we would love that. Yes. Or we could call call you and and invite you to come and speak to our one of our groups in church. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Why don't you give us that phone number again? Yeah. Sure. It's 207-282-3351. And that's a long drive for you coming down from Bangor. Uh, is, are there other people locally here that uh, that can do that? I, You know, uh, we... We would love to have you come anytime you want to. But, oh, well, thank uh, you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, we are connected with folks, again, across the state. Yeah. And if there's something that we just, you know, aren't able to do, uh, we will help people get connected. Again, because connection is really the at the, at the heart of, heart of yeah. our work. Oh, good. Yes. Good. Yes. Yeah. Well, Carrie, again. You know, uh, you know, we love having you here. We're, well, we're, thank we're, you. We're thankful to have you here. We're thankful for the, the work that you're doing. And, yeah. uh, and if there's any way we can help um, these women and, and men, I guess men too, yes. uh, 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 that are being trafficked or exploited, we want to be on the front line uh, of that here too. Uh, we can help with communication. And, and uh, you've got something going on in your ministry that – that we need to know about, uh, please give us a call. We'd love to have you on here again. And um, Thanks so much. Yeah. God bless you in this incredible work that you're doing. And Thank you. give you strength and encouragement. I'm sure there's got to be times that things are, get difficult and, and, and ain't easy going. Yeah. Absolutely. Carrie, one more time, uh, your website and sure. your phone number. So our website we'll is Courage Lives. ME.org and our phone number is 207 282 3351. 
All right. Thank you, Carrie. And thank uh, you so much. And as you, uh, as you, our listeners out there, if you know somebody that uh, that needs to be on the uh, radio, that uh, that that we we could uh, we could uh, interview uh, uh, an exciting ministry that God is working in, we'd love to have them. Yes. And uh, you're part of our family. That's right. And we uh, we appreciate you, and we appreciate the communication that you uh, you give us uh, uh, with your friends and your church members, so that uh, that we can continue to to lift up what God is doing here in Maine. God bless you, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye bye. Bye now. Stay.